In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I don't know what's going on, and I'm Evan. I'm uncomfortable with lots of things, but and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering Netflix's Tuca and Birdie, but before we get into that, I've got a bit. Time for what's the bit. The, Time for what's the, the bit. bit? Time what for is the it? bit. Time for the bit. I don't know. I was watching John Wick 3 right before this. Nice. That's the bit. <laughs> I've never seen a, a, a Wick. The first one is amazing. The other two are forgettable. Okay, you watched maybe 10 minutes. I... All I needed was 10 minutes to know that it could not touch the first original John Wick number one. I'm also not disagreeing with you. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to say that you only saw 10 minutes of number three. The yeah, I mean, like the scene I saw was John Wick, like fighting dudes with a sword while riding a motorcycle. And I was just like, this has gone. This is this is jump the shark. We've in the first one, he was a extremely competent, but still very human man with believable human capabilities who was just going real hard. Once they gave him a bulletproof uh, tuxedo, it was all downhill. Yeah. If he's not in danger, if he's not in danger, you just immediately disconnect from whatever's happening in the scene. If you're not fearing for Keanu Reeves's life at every moment. Uh, because you believe in his cause to avenge his dead puppy, then um, there's there's nothing to John Wick. Now, Ronnie, you had a question about Spider Wick? Yeah, I was going to ask where the Spider Wick Chronicles fit into all this. <laughs> That's like the uh, Into the Spider-Verse of sure, John Wick. Sure, okay. Yeah. It's like, is... the, it's like the Tokyo Drift. It kind of takes place in context, but not really. I mean, I guess there's nothing stopping it from taking place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Also, it sounds very much like you're describing a truncated version of how the Fast and the Furious films have gone. Not to not to rebring up the Fast and Furious films, um, but well, well, it takes the Fast and the Furious films. What is it? Eight now to get to wild and crazy submarine land. John Wick only took three films. Uh. I believe the Fast and the Furious have been getting better, though, whereas John Wick has not. Mmm. Hot take. Hot John Wick takes. That's why you come to this podcast. Yeah. That's the bit. That's the bit. <laughs> John, Wick, John Wick is a masterpiece, and I say that completely unironically. I don't love it in the way that I love, like, The Mummy, which is, like, silly and fun, and you just sort of, like, buy it because it's fun. John Wick is a real good movie. It's very good. Ian McShane. Ian McShane's always great. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, John Wick 2 and 3 are nothing. They're they're very forgettable. Um, the, the, the hot, hot lesbians in the second one. Ruby Rose? Yeah, she's great. 
She's badass. And the the main villain of three is a non-binary uh, actor, and they're playing a non-binary character, and they're phenomenal. I may be wrong, but I isn't, don't know their name, but they're great. Isn't Ruby Rose non-binary? I, I don't know. I may be I may be misremembering. I don't know. Uh, don't quote me on that. I I don't know enough about the situation. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, I guess that was your bit. Yeah. Ruby Rose could punch me in the throat like I'm John Wick, and I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. This feels weird just talking about the show now, but I guess let's talk about the show. Let's talk about Chicken Birdie. <laughs> Is that really the bit? <laughs> that was the whole bit. That was that was the bit. Your endy penny okay. review of John Wick's one through three. The John Wick trilogy. The yeah. Parabellum was the name of the third one. I don't know what the name of the second one was, but Common's in it. I like and Common. He gets, like, stabbed in the throat with a pencil or something. Oh, in the third one, John Wick killed a dude with a book. It was, it was dope. It's a big guy. Thinking back, my only critique of John Wick 1 is that uh, the thing about, like, uh, the the... Russian gangsters being afraid of him. They should have done more, uh, like, showing, not telling. They shouldn't have had so much backstory with, like, he killed a man with a pencil. We should have just seen the Russians immediately getting silent and looking fearful whenever his name was brought up. I think that would have been more effective. In the second one, he kills two people with a pencil. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. It goes downhill. That's efficient. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, saving trees. Is it? And Do knives I, contribute to deforestation in a meaningful way? <laughs> I thought you said pencils. Yeah, but how is that saving trees? He, instead of I using mean, two pencils, he used one pencil for two people. Right, yeah. Oh, oh okay, okay. There's wooden pencils. I'm not, you, you might know more about knives, but I'm going to stand right here in my truth and say there is there's definitely wood in a lot of pencils. I have nothing to contribute here. <laughs> I guess let, let's, let's talk about I have about nothing the show. to contribute except for that great spider wick joke and the fact that there is definitely wood in pencils. What <laughs> show did we watch? You're carrying this goddamn podcast on your back, though. Right? Uh, I'm doing my best. We, we watched episodes four, five, and six of Tuca and Birdie, the Netflix you original sure? series. Um, these episodes were entitled For the Sex Bugs. Five, Plumage, and six, The Open House. The dude that John Wick killed with the book was, like, really big. He was, like, real, he was, like, a real big dude, and so it was, like, exciting. Because he was real that large. Is, mm-hmm. That is exciting. Yeah. They were in a library, too, so there were some, like, quiet jokes. Like, shh. They were Probably fighting. And lots, and lots of books, too. There were a lot of imagine. books. John um, needed a secret book, though. It had, like, money in it and this weird rosary. Um, episode four, the sex bugs, um, (laughs) Tuca has a sex bug infection, which is exactly what, what, what are you laughing at? This is a show where we talk about the shows that we watch. I'm sorry. Not John Wick. (laughs) No, continue. I'm not laughing at anything. Um... Tuka has sex bugs, and she needs to go to the local Whole Foods to get some sex bug ointment. And Birdie has called out of work because she's avoiding doing a presentation. And uh, Tuka convinces her to go to the 
uh, Whole Foods with her. It's not Whole Foods. It's not like TM Whole Foods, but it is clearly, clearly from the gags they're, they're doing, it is Whole Foods. Um, and, uh, Bertie really did not want to leave the house and is feeling very anxious, but Tuca sort of like strong arms her into it. And uh, Tuca ODs on sex bug medicine. Ointment. And sex bug ointment. And the bugs become giant and start throwing a party in the Whole Foods and humping things. And when I say sex bugs, they're literally bugs that are like living in her groin area. And, um,. Birdie's freaking out because she's like, the whole reason I called off work is because I was having a panic attack because I didn't want to be around people and there's all these people and now there's problems happening. And um, then like the sex bug police turn up to like eradicate the sex bugs and uh, Tuca doesn't want the sex bug police to kill her sex bugs because I guess she's like attached to them. And um, they hold a trial where in the Whole Foods, where uh, Bertie advocates on Tuca's behalf against the sex bug police so that Tuca can keep her sex bugs and they don't get exterminated or whatever. She caught them from a, a, a bush that is like a protected sex bug breeding bush or something. When I say bush in this case, I mean like a, a, a piece of shrubbery, not like how you would typically think of sex bugs being in a bush. Um, But you know they make the joke. Yeah, no, they do make that joke many a time. Uh, Yeah, she caught them from a a bush that was like a sex bug nature preserve, and it's illegal to kill sex bugs that are from that bush. So they just live at Tuca's apartment and party all the time now and hump things, and she starts a band with them. Uh, Episode 5, Plumage. Uh, Tuka has made reference a couple of times in other episodes to a rich auntie that she has, and she goes to visit her, her rich auntie, and, uh, Tuka has been sober for a period of time, I think several months, and this has been kind of a major, like, character development for her, and, uh, the rich auntie, um, Aunt Tallulah that she gets, like, money from and is, like, friends with, you know, because she's, like, old and maybe killed her husbands or something, who knows, uh, like, is a, is a serious alcoholic, and she invites Tuka up to her fancy house, and Speckle goes, because he's an architect, and he wants to, like, check out the house. Tuka is, like, playing along with Aunt Tallulah's, like, drunken shenanigans for a while, uh, until she uh, brings up that she's been sober for several months now, and then, uh, Aunt Tallulah becomes real nasty to her and basically tells her that she's no fun and she's gonna die alone and stuff, and Tuca takes it pretty hard, and, uh, Speckle, uh, Bertie's boyfriend, like, comforts her on the way home and reaffirms her life choices. Um, and... Meanwhile, Bertie is taking, like, a self-empowerment class to learn to say no to things and stand up for herself. And also, she uh, starts her apprenticeship with Pastry Pete, uh, the penguin from earlier that she had a bake-off with. Uh, and Bertie is real horny for Pastry Pete, 
And I'm going to I'm going to read you a bit from this episode summary. I did not write this. This is a generic episode summary on uh, Wikipedia, which I like usually just pull up to help me stay on track. Pace repeat forcefully presses against Bertie, which causes her to excuse herself to the restroom where she feverishly masturbates. So that's the end of that episode. <laughs> there were a lot of feathers going places. She was, like, up against the sink. It was very intense. Yeah, I just like how matter-of-factly they describe it as where she feverishly masturbates. Feverishly is the right adjective there, though. Yeah, it was quite a long scene. Um, episode six is called The Open House. Speckle and Birdie and Tuca do that thing that people do where they, like, go on a an open house... Uh, excursion. They just go to open houses all day and like eat snacks and pretend to be rich and like look at wealthy people's houses. Unexpectedly, Bertie and Speckle like really like one of the houses and they uh, decide they're gonna put an offer on it. And Tuca uh, kind of freaks out that her friend is doing adult things and is gonna, you know have a different lifestyle and live in a different part of town than her. So she storms off and decides to make an adult decision too, which is that she adopts a Jaguar uh, from a pet store, which is a thing you can do in Birdtown apparently. And um, Birdie, meanwhile, starts freaking out about the whole concept of a 30 year fixed mortgage and uh, growing old and dying in a house and, making hard commitment decisions. So, um, she goes to her apprenticeship with paste repeat and ignores speckle all day. And because she will not actively participate in the house buying process, the house gets another offer on it and they don't buy it. And then, uh, Bertie comes clean to him about getting freaked out about the concept of, commitment and um like she's also kind of horny for pastry pete again she doesn't tell speckle that obviously but there's a lot of birdie being horny for pastry pete in this episode oh um and then the the jaguar mauls a guy and then uh birdie has to get how does how does birdie get rid of the jaguar i don't remember the plants take it in oh the plant lady from next door with the turtles yeah the plant lady from next door with the turtles adopts the jaguar. So it's fine. This show's weird, y'all. It's so weird. This show's <laughs> pretty so weird. It's There's so much going on, guys. There is, there is like, legitimately so much going on. Um, I actually, and- I don't know if I'm getting desensitized to it because the first three episodes were so weird, but I do think that some of the episodes were a little bit less weird in this segment. Some of them had more concrete, uh, sure. like centers to them. Sure. So let's, uh, let's discuss that. These are weird, but, uh, Andy. Yeah. Is it's weird. Is they good? Is it work? I didn't love four and five. I didn't dislike them. I loved six. Mm. So I guess, yeah. Mm. I guess they're working. Yes, Ronnie. These three episodes of Tuca and Birdie, did they work for you? Um, 
They were a little bit more of a mixed bag than the first three, I would agree. But overall, I would say yes, they still worked for me. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, hey yeah. yeah. That's a yawn for the audience. Did these that uh, was. these hair episodes of Tuca and Birdie work for you? They really did. Hell I, yeah. I love these episodes. I feel like we are watching, and I think that much of the internet uh, would confirm this, I feel like we're watching a damn revolutionary television show. It's very good. There's uh it, it does certainly tackle a lot of subjects and we'll we'll yes. get to that. Um we will get to that. Audience uh, break. Or shit. Uh commercial break. Audience commercial break. break. Yes, this, right is your ba- this is your bathroom break, audience. Oh right. wow, that's kind of it's kind of rude <laughs> yeah. to our commercials, but I mean, eh. they can they can also like hit, it's not like they're playing. Yeah, you can this, listen like, to the commercials on the toilet. Hit that thirty second forward bit. Oh no! Don't do no, that because you're gonna hear you're gonna hear a great message from somebody right here on the Lunar Light Studio Podcast Network. Hey, Kyla. Yeah, Marty. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, that's an excellent question. You can find the answer to that if you listen to our podcast, Netflix and Kill. If you're a horror fan, you can hear us go through all the horror films on Netflix, good and bad. Find out which ones are worth watching. If you're a horror newcomer, don't be scared off. We go through the rubs and definitely make some jokes. So we hope you check us out. You can find our podcast at LunarLightStudio.com or iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes out every other Tuesday. May your nightmares be plentiful. So these three episodes, let's talk about what worked for us about Tuca and Birdie. Um, what a very frank uh, look at like generalized anxiety disorder. I was about to say, I loved yes. the musical. The what? The musical. Yeah. Oh, you know I'm there for that. <laughs> she just broke I'm into a song that. about her anxiety. It was great. Yeah, but um, there, there's a lot of characters in television that are portrayed as neurotic and annoying and... You know, no fun. Um, but Birdie actually like has anxiety in a way that I think a lot of people can relate to, and she's not portrayed as neurotic and no fun and terrible to be around. Like she still wants to hang out with her friends and she still wants to do things and she still makes compromises for like makes compromises about her own comfort for the sake of not letting her anxiety interfere with her friend's life. But we get a real good look at, like, how much this is affecting her. Like, when she's in the grocery store and she's freaking out because there's just too many people around and there's too much going on and she just wants to be home and this is the worst thing ever. And uh, I I certainly don't have anxiety that severe, but I can relate to that a little bit, you know? I have definitely had panic attacks very similar to the situation. And I've learned from other TV shows, not that we've watched on this show, but just in general, that I guess I'm a bit of an empath because watching people have an anxiety attack is a guaranteed trigger to give me an anxiety attack. Um, This felt like super real. This felt like so accurate. So like, I mean, cut out the musical number, although that would make me feel better in an anxiety attack. Um it 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 was like dead on and made me 
feel a little bit like angry towards Tuca for putting her in the situation and not really having the regard for her there. Um, I feel like that isn't forgiven, but uh, there's more context for that in the in the next episode. But yeah, I definitely feel like that this was like a like you said a real frank look and uh, and it hit me pretty hard. Yeah, I think it's clear that someone involved in writing this show uh, or someone involved creatively in some capacity has had anxiety attacks before and was portraying that uh, in a a very direct way in this episode, like complete with visuals and mm-hmm. uh, uh, like environmental stuff and everything too. Cause this show is very surreal anyway, but sort of the way that like the environment gets real exaggerated and the way that like people react and the way people are talking, it's, it's, it's hard to explain out of context, but it's very, very reminiscent of like having an anxiety reaction to something. Mm-hmm. The musical was great. <laughs> yes, yes. It was fun. There were a lot of good lines that like, I think what you said earlier about being desensitized, maybe I'm getting desensitized to just like the off the walls antics of Tuka and Birdie. I had like several speckle quotes that just like really stood out to me. Um, <laughs> at the end of the end of episode four, he is telling Birdie about his day and he said, I'm the new bad boy of architecture, which means I was a very good boy today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to bring this up anyway, but I love the architecture gag that they keep doing where they show Speckle like sitting at his uh, his drafting table and like concentrating. And then his like supervisor comes up behind him and it switches to an over his shoulder view of what he's drawing. And it's just a little like child doodle of a house. And his supervisor (laughs) is like. I don't know, that window looks structurally unstable. And then he draws, like, a little X in it, like the panes on a window, and she's like, Speckle, you've done it again. You're you're <laughs> a genius, an architectural genius. He's a competent architect because in the house episode, we see him with actual blueprints about how he's going to, like, fix stuff in the house and, like, expand the porch. And, like, there's a little animation sequence where him and Bertie, like, dive into the... The blueprints, but um, it was they blew skadood. They blew skadood into the blueprints. Yes, they did. That's correct. That's the correct verb mm-hmm. to describe mm-hmm. that action. Yeah, uh, blue skadood. You can too uh, yeah. into the blueprints. Uh, but yeah, they they kept returning to this. Um, Speckle is drawing a doodle house like architecture thing, and it was very silly, but I liked it very much. One of the sex bugs at the grocery store just kept like rutting his butt over the scanner on the belt, <laughs> it said and it kept ringing up butthole, 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 butthole. <laughs> I also, I also laughed at that. That was it's very, very funny. good. It's very funny. Dur- during the courtroom scene, they they like build a courtroom out of like products around the store, and the witness stand is made out of ice cream. And throughout the end of the episode, the ice cream slowly melts in different shots. And so it's just like a real droopy witness stand towards the end. Also, there's and a sign bring- on the wall that says food court. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, I think episode four was actually my favorite 
of these three. Uh, episode five mm-hmm. and six were also fine. I think they were a little like realer. Yeah. Uh, so like they definitely yeah. they dug harder into like stuff. And um, I don't dislike that. I'm not unhappy about it. But I do. I have come to really love and appreciate the like absolutely off the wall absurdity of this show. And five and six were just a little bit less absurd. I liked the uh, the like rap breakdown while they were looking at houses. That was very good. Oh, the sound. Yeah. The yeah. Good use of song there. And they're saying bullshit fancy things. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. nice. But then. Um, Tuka's like, oh, like, aren't we going to get kicked out? And Speckle's like, nah, you could pretty much do whatever you want to these real estate agents as they just want to get a sale. And it goes on this spree of like them doing the most batshit stuff and the real estate is being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. That makes sense. They like dig up the backyard. They're like, we're looking for buried treasure. And they're like, oh, but you see how good the dirt is for digging? Isn't that a great selling point? Like, they're just whatever they do is it, that's totally negative. They turn that into a positive of like, oh yeah. Uh, Birdie, I think it was Birdie. Might have been Tuca. Like, fl- no, it was Tuca. This is the thing Tuca would do. She flushed the real estate agent's purse down the toilet, and she was like, not to worry, that's my purse toilet. This is my real, or this is my real purse. And she pulls out another purse, and then uh, Tuka throws it in the toilet again, and she's like, that's fine. Tuka throws it in a different toilet in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, it, 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 and and y'all, y'all have been in this position. I, I also have very recently been in this position. Uh, seeing your final payment date on a 30-year mortgage is is a real thing. It's mm-hmm. a real, like, heavy, like, we looked at the paperwork, and it's like, okay, your final payment will be in 2049, and it's like, oh, I'm doing a thing that, like, 2049 is, like, an aspect of it. Yeah, Buy- mine like, will be in 2047. Yeah. Buying a house or a car is very stressful. Yes. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And to, to wig out about it is, like, is super normal. And, and... You know, whether you're horny for your your pastry boss or not. Speaking of which, I don't want to, like, dive straight into the negatives, but I I don't love the horny for pastry boss subplot, to be honest with you. I, so, so before we hop into negatives. Okay, okay. I I do want to spend some time talking about episode five. Okay, yes, let's do. Because I fully agree with you that it was, it was real and it was it's so much more so than the rest of these episodes we've watched so far. That was, I think, my favorite episode of TV that I've watched in a very long time. That's very valid. Um, it's not a an experience that uh, I have a lot of vines into uh, mm-hmm. as far as what Tuco was going through there. No. Uh, I... I could like sympathize with the situation but it wasn't something real close to my heart so it wasn't sure uh i didn't i didn't like 100 percent connect with it that said mm-hmm. i didn't dislike the episode though i love i, I mean just to, to, to just like rattle it down first of all i love an episode where two characters who don't normally get time together spend time together those but, end up being like my favorite episodes of tv that's always a good trope yeah yeah, like the, the Winston Cece mess arounds on New Girl, 
um, on a show called Happy Endings in that same vein. Um, there are two characters who, like, never spend time together, and it's, like, a running joke throughout the seasons of, like, oh, what do we want to talk about? Oh, we don't really have anything. That's, and it's just, it's just such a fun, fun little gag. So the, the speckle, speckle two can mess around. That was a fun time. Like, her being set on her sobriety in this, like, tough environment and Speckle kind of being like, yeah, I got you, like, it, you know. Then, on the other hand, we have Birdie, you know, experiencing a lot of anxiety about just lecherous, creepy men all day long. Um, she chooses not to wear an outfit that she wanted to because she's afraid of, uh, you know, male gaze and... A guy comes to fix her plumbing, and she's very uncomfortable with that, which is understandable. Does a um, man live here? He should put right. his dirty boots outside the door so everyone knows a man lives here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like... It, it's, it's all like... See? Here, I'm going to stop myself. I want to say it is all very over-exaggerated. I do not know it's, that. It, oh, and it's, I, I've heard like red. I'm from the South. I've heard redneck ass people say shit just like that. 100% no, sure, seriously. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, she walks through the park and everyone is like leering at her and and it's and she goes to, you know, the women's empowerment meeting and, and you know, she kind of starts to get a little bit of that that back um, where the show, re- the episode really like takes a a hard pivot to like whoa that was real she's going through all this stuff she spends the entire women's empowerment class like getting herself amped up and like no like this is you will not treat me like an object you will not make me feel like i am less than you she goes to her apprenticeship um and patriot pete is being very forceful and aggressive and she finally like backs off and is like i have to go to which I'm thinking, like, this is, like, she's, like, uncomfortable. She's, like, you know, trying to find the way to say, like, stop it. I'm done with this. Like, and that's when she goes to the bathroom and masturbates. And I did not see that coming. Um, and it was not done in a way that was, like, haha, a gag. And it was not done in a way that was, like, haha, this is hot. Like, it's it was just, like, which I I, I know this, at least. Uh, from from media, television, movies, it was a depiction of a woman pleasuring herself and experiencing pleasure um, that was just that, that was not anything more, you know, graphic, that was not anything that was a joke. It was just a woman experiencing that in that moment um, that really was just like, you know, kind of a slap in the face, kind of very, like, abrupt um, didn't make didn't wasn't like a thing that like makes you uncomfortable, but definitely was something that made me like question what I had like the scene that led up to it. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure either how um because uh, I agree with you, Ronnie. The the pastry pe- what he was doing immediately before that was like smell this dough or whatever. <laughs> like right. it, it it just seemed like he was kind of like shoving her around a little, and we've we had that bit. In, um, I think it was episode two where, uh, Birdie, uh, proposes to Speckle that they should like, oh, try something different. You should try bossing me around. And, uh, like she, she, she's into it until the, 
ooh, you're a bad bird thing. She doesn't like that specifically. So I guess that's what they were referencing. Like, mm-hmm. that he was, like, being bossy and she was into it. Um, But, yeah, it just, it just didn't seem like a very, like, sexy right, scene right. at all. So it was a little bit weird. It was, it was jarring, but it does not invalidate the fact that it was, for this character, a, you know, a very sexual moment. And... Like that, that's just what I, what I'm getting at, I guess is it's just that like, it was not played as like, Ooh, sexy. Like, Ooh, the tent, the chemistry between these two, it was just like a very earnest moment of like, this is getting to be too much. I have to do something about this. And it wasn't played for like sexiness or, or laughs or something like that. And and then it, it happened at all. You know, there's so many evidence in, in in film and TV where like that you just can't you can't do that. You can't you can't show show, uh, you know, women, women, being, being women, all. being horny. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's just, just genuinely it's horny, horny or even like in sexual acts, like mm-hmm. it, like enjoying pleasure that is specifically devoted to them. Like it just doesn't happen. And this show did it and it did it in a way that was like unconventional and I don't know. It just it just really it surprised me in yeah, a way I, that I wasn't expecting the show to. I understand what you're saying. There wasn't any male gaze at play there. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't yeah. sexy. Uh, right. I still didn't. Yeah. I still didn't love the 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 pastry Pete. No, like no, that corny, corny for pastry Pete subplot overall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, and and I and I you know it, the show is a comedy show, so it has to play it a certain way. But I feel like Tuka. Or that Birdie doesn't like that either. Like it's not, she's a constant like uh, issue with it the entire episode, but doesn't want to give up on this dream of you know actually having a career in pastry. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the goose. The goose was fun. Goose was great. Eat my ass, Kevin. Yeah, good goose. It could shoot fireballs out of its beak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also liked when the, the Jaguar took uh Tuka home. And smashed all the cars. <laughs> and the bank. The Jag yeah. Every every time the Jaguar is like in the scene, it's like chill until the end. It's like a very chill animal, and then you leave the scene and realize the wreckage that was caused leading up to the Jaguar being there. Um and then, yeah, she mauls a face. Over a long period of time, she mauls this guy's face. Mm-hmm. Very protracted scene where the Jaguar mm-hmm. mauls mm-hmm. this guy's face. Mm-hmm. But it turns yeah. out fine because he wanted to be an sure. actor and then he stumbled into a casting call where they needed a guy with a screwed up face. So, yep, yep. There's also the yarn animation segment in um, where Tuka talks about like, her mother, her single mother, taking care of the family. That was like beautiful in terms of like the the animation that they did. Like it was just a very interesting way of doing it. Like almost like a Yoshi's Wooly World kind of thing. But also like the telling it that way. This this story of like heartache was just like a very beautiful story. Um, basically, her mother died and the family kind of unraveled and of course you know the characters in the 
yarn animation just kind of unwrap. It was just like for Tuka, who's always very over the top and everything is like loud colors and stuff like that. This like going back to adolescence in story and in visualization was like really special. I found it's some good shit. This show's good. It's very good. Yeah, it it's silly, but then it like hits you with the emotions. Yeah, I I don't like. I, I, it's hard to like quantify in like this worked, this worked, like exactly why. And I don't know that I'm like doing the best job, even with the things that worked for me that I can verbalize. Um, but it's just. It's really good. Like, I'm not kidding when I say that this show is, like, breaking ground. It's revolutionary. Like, it is absolutely unconscionable that this show is on our show right now. That it does not have a second season. Also, butthole, butthole, butthole. Butthole, butthole, butthole. It's a thing. I was trying to, I was telling Gerson about it. And I was, like, explaining. I was, like, you know, it really digs deep into women's issues and, like, confronts head-on things that women are dealing with. Um, also, but so, and it's so funny. <laughs> like, like how do you, how do you, how do you do that? And like, it just, it comes from this thing that most of these shows that we watch and otherwise don't have, which is just tons of women in the writing room. Clearly tons of women being able to say like, no, nah, that's not, that's not how it happens. Here is exactly how it happens. And we're going to put it in the show exactly as I said it. It's, it's it's good. And now that we have now that I have said it's good like 15 times. Uh what didn't work for us about these three episodes of Tuka and Birdie? I'm having a hard time finding things that didn't work besides the I'm not crazy about the the pace repeat mm-hmm. horniness. Mm-hmm. Mm. I well I didn't love 4 and 5. There was nothing that like stood out that I didn't like. I enjoyed the episodes. I thought they were fine. They just didn't hit me in the way that six did or in the way that the first three did. So like, I don't have any actual complaints. I just didn't connect to them on the same level that I have other episodes of Tuke and Birdie. So I like, I have nothing bad to say still though. I, I would also say as a blanket statement, I guess that, um, I've already pointed out five and six didn't feel as weird and I really don't want it to lose this like weirdness factor, like eating your grandma in a cake weirdness factor. I think the sex bugs had that because like she got sex bugs from a bush and then they got giant because she put too much ointment on them and then they had a trial for the sex bugs in a grocery store. That's that's peak weird shit. Love it. All about it. But it was also an episode about anxiety. So like. All over that. Five and six weren't bad. They just focused more on sort of the heavy emotional elements than the, like, buck wild weird shit. I mean, episode five, there was, like, the dog butler who oh, took yeah. care of the dogs. I forgot that was about fun. I forgot that. was a fun that. guy. Yeah, he was, a, he was a dog man person. He was a person dog. He, but he, here's the thing. Was he? Because I don't think he could talk. <laughs> he couldn't. He was just on. He, he was talk. just up on two legs and in a suit, which was different from the other dogs who were not in a suit and on four legs. Yeah, I, I, boy, I don't know. Blur really blurs the lines of this show. <laughs> well, also the the aunt who was a toucan because Tuka is a toucan had toucans as pets in her house. She had a like a whole room full of exotic birds. 
And some of them were toucans. I think it's it's like it's losing a little bit of its weirdness because it's not just like wall to wall weird. It's not like every single second is just what is going on here. Um, but there is still a lot of just like nonsense going on. Every, um, every time Tuka's head goes backwards, I get uncontrollably happy. Oh, like when her beak opens like a like a can opener. Or- she does this thing where like her head goes like all the way backwards and I love it. There is a, a fantastic, like, Tuka feels like she is in a different show, just animation-wise. Like, for most of the show, we only see one of Tuka's eyes and just a side beak. Mm-hmm. And, like, it doesn't feel out of place. Like, it doesn't feel strange that that's the case. That's just that's just how toucans are. That's just how they go. The ants the same way. Like, it's it's just a really, like... I would in, in any other show I'd probably call it like a lazy animation thing, but I have so so accepted it and it is part of the show in this that it's like cool, fine. I loved the weird other two cans who ended up making out. I think fucking were they yeah, fucking? I don't, I don't know quite know what, know they, what were, they were doing. They were like, but they were great. They had they their beaks weird. up against each other and their tongues were out, and but, then they started like one started rubbing their face on the other one's butt. I don't know. Good shit. <laughs> Good shit. <laughs> um, I keep thinking about the butthole thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. The butthole I'm thing f- is very I'm good. Five. It was I, really funny. It was really it's fun- one of the primary things I put in my notes because it was just so like in the chaos that was happening, he was just scanning and it the, it was picking up butthole, butthole. He scanned so many buttholes. <laughs> Um, John Wick got in a knife fight in a knife store and they just kept throwing knives at each other like like they were just like playing catch with knives in each other's bodies we're talking about John Wick again I I would like that scene more if every time they pulled a knife off the shelf they scanned it like (laughs) at the register first (laughs) no not (laughs) actually if it said butthole I would very much enjoy that that would be funny too Whoever just you know, um, you know what this show does need some Keanu. Keanu's great. I mean, it's it would not be the first time Ali Wong and Keanu worked together. Um, Always be my maybe, which is a Netflix movie. Highly recommend. Very good. Oh, it's very good. It's um, Ali Wong and Randall Park and. Keanu Reeves, and it's just good. Cool. Any Anywho. any negatives besides Evan hating penguins? Yes, I'm prejudiced I, against penguins. That's my problem. You know what? I'll go there. Fuck penguins. Hey, penguins um, are gay. Are they? Yeah. I, they are sometimes, but lots of animals are sometimes gay. <laughs> there were those gay penguins in Parson Rec, though. They're great. They got married. There are gay penguins in real life. I know. Don't be mean to penguins. They're they're gay. You know, other like other birds can be gay too, right? Though. Yeah, penguins are especially gay. You know who's really gay? Bats. Bats are really gay. Bats give each other blowjobs all the time. Really, like, dude. Bats give each other give all them. They're just like all over each other. They're just horny the little fucks. Yeah, bats just be fucking. Where are the bats at on Tuka and Birdie? You know. I don't know. They're too busy fucking. 
I guess. Just kidding. Tugan Birdie would show it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I agree with you, Evan. I think that's a a bad thing, but I also, based on, based on some inside baseball that we, you know, uh, me too. Last week said we might not like Penguin Pete towards the end of the show. I feel like maybe the show is like leading us towards not really wanting to be on Penguin Pete's side. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Do you think Bruce Wayne knows about gay bats and blowjobs? Um. Joel Schumacher definitely knew. Oh, Joel Schumacher knew. <laughs> Joel Schumacher knew that bats give other bats blowjobs. Oh, yeah. Joel Schumacher put nipples on the bat suit. Joel Schumacher knew. <laughs> uh, we have now watched six episodes of Tukin Birdie. You know what that means? Uh, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These six episodes in toto, have they worked for you? They have. It's a good show, guys. This is a, this is a Good, important show. Also, there's a plant woman in it who smokes pot. It's very funny. Hey, Andy. That's me. The six episodes of Tuca and Birdie. Have, are they working for you? Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. If I were to ask you, hypothetically speaking, if the sure, first sure, sure. six episodes of Tuca and Birdie hypothetically worked for you, what do you think you would hypothetically say? Hypothetically, I think I would hypothetically say that they fucking hypothetically fucking rule. Yeah! Getting real vulgar. We are. Too much Tuke and Birdie. This is the first show we've watched in a while that has like just open swears. Just swears, yeah. Yeah. Um. So we will continue next time. We'll be watching episode seven and eight. And we will uh, continue and see what this show does. And you know uh, what's coming soon. I, Young Hercules. We, have to, we is really have to soon. figure this out. I want this Young to be a thing. Young Hercules is we, happening. We have we to have some like for six months. We have to dedicate some time to like business meetings to figure out how we are going to pull this <laughs> six off. Six months and make of it Young not Ryan absolutely Gosling. unbearable. I don't think we could do six months. We will talk about <laughs> we need it. To get a, we need to get a whiteboard and somebody needs to get reading glasses. It's very important for the aesthetic of this meeting. Can I just smoke a ton of pot before the meeting and then I'll figure it out? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, no, yeah, yeah, we're doing next, not, I mean, this is real early to declare, but we've had this declared since before the beginning of the year. Definitely doing that young Hercules. We're doing getting it. On that it's young, coming. Get on that Ryan Gosling beat. And, uh, All 86 episodes. There's not 86, is there? It's something preposterous. I think it was 57 okay. or something. That's still it's so many so episodes. Many. Hold on. I got to look this up right now. Look we can't up. end the episode. half hour episodes? No, they're 40 minutes, Ronnie. No. Oh, no. What? This is going to be the best. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. We're going to quit the podcast after this. I can't wait. I've been trying to kill this show since we started. He's such a baby. He's so young. Okay, there's 51 episodes. Okay. Oh, that's, that's so much better. That's yeah. so much better than. And they are confirmed. They are like 40 minute episodes. Uh, they might be. This is saying uh, production running time 21, 20 okay. minutes. So, so okay, don't don't go scaring me. Okay. It sounds like these might be half hour eps. 
It might that be. That still is so much TV. Okay. Uh, we will figure that the out. The first episode's name is The Treasure Chest of Zeus. What an episode title. Wow. Gosh, gosh. I am so, so here for anything Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Home for the Holidays, then, there's a Christmas episode. Yeah, well, it might take us. It might take us all the way to next Christmas. So hang on for that one. Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Apollo. I love that. Valley of the Shadow is the name of I the feel final like this episode. Is, I feel like reading these episode titles is a whole episode of the Hercules run of ending pending. So let's let's save some of that good good I can't juice. Wait. Um, Guys, fifty one <laughs> episodes. You can follow us online. Find us at endingpending.com. Find us uh, on Twitter at pendingpod. Find us on Facebook at pendingpod. Follow us on Instagram at endingpending. And send us an email uh, pleading with us to not cover a show for the next six months. Uh, you can find our email pendingpod at gmail.com. Uh, and until next time. What a workshop worked on all the props. Oh, that's yeah, pretty wild. Fun fact. Yeah, they're known for. I'm Lord not worried that it's going to be a terrible show. It's going to be great. Kind of. I'm a little worried that it might be a terrible show. It's going to be just. It's going to be so bad. I can't wait. All of I'm gonna worried be great. about how much we must invest into oh, this. Oh, Sam Raimi too. Sam Raimi, you know, he did Spider Man. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell him. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Mm.